great time to gather together as a church family. Thank you to all of you who normally come at 8.30 for adjusting your schedule so that we could gather together as one church family here at 11 o'clock for this historic day. Uh, thank you for all of you who have been praying over the last two weeks as we consider these next step ministry strategies. This is a, a huge step for our church. These are some enormously challenging ministries we are seeking to undertake. We're literally seeking to do some things that only God is going to be able to accomplish through this church. And I thank you for being a part of this process this morning. What an exciting day to be a part of this because you're called. And we talk about the call, especially in Baptist life, we, we talk about be, people being called to the ministry, and, and rightfully so, that's a wonderful call to be called into the pastorate, to be called into the ministry, to be used of God in, in service in His church. That's a magnificent thing. We talk about people being called to the mission field. What a great thing to see people following God's call to those places where the name of Jesus has never been proclaimed, to share His good news with people who have never had an opportunity to hear. What a wonderful calling that is. But I want you to know the secret. If you know Christ this morning, you are called. Now, now your calling might be to go into the ministry one day, and that would be a wonderful thing. We would rejoice with you. Your calling might be to go on the mission field one day, and, and we would rejoice with you in that. But your calling may be to be Christ's witness at your place of business. Your calling may be to be Christ's witness in your school. Your calling may be to be Christ's witness in your neighborhood. The fact of the matter is, when we know Christ, we are called by Christ. And, and you're my heroes. You need to understand that. You are my heroes. Those of you who are called to businesses and to schools and to neighborhoods. You can reach people with the gospel who would never give me the time of day. It, it's always, it, I mean, it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of funny. When I'll be uh, talking with someone and they'll just be talking along, we'll be having a conversation, and, and I'll ask them what, what they do for a living. They'll say, oh, I'm an insurance agent, or I'm a plumber, or I'm a mechanic, or whatever it might be. And they'll say, what do you do? And I'll say, I'm a pastor. <laughs> the conversation just <laughs> comes to a, a, a little, little hiccup for a moment. And all of a sudden, you, know, you can just see their mind going, did I say something wrong before we got to this point? <laughs> but, but seriously, you have an opportunity to share with people that I'll never have an opportunity to share with. And so that makes you my hero and makes you very significant in the kingdom of God. If you were in some of our Sunday school classes this morning, we studied a lesson on the first chapter of Acts where God calls us to an unstoppable mission. We are carrying forward the mission of the church that began right there in the book of Acts. We're doing today the same thing that Peter and John and Matthew and Paul and Timothy and all of those heroes of the New Testament were doing. We're taking the message of Christ to our world. And what a joy uh, that is. This morning we're going to go back in history just a, a little while to a fellow who received a very direct call from God. Uh, this was a call he could not mistake. He couldn't miss this. But in the call that he receives, we're going to see the power of your call as well, your call to the ministry of God. We're looking at the story of Isaiah. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. We'll start reading in verse 5. I, Isaiah got to look behind the curtain, so to speak, of his calling. 
He got to see the inner workings of what was happening behind the scenes. And the Scripture relates this extraordinary experience so that we can all understand the nature of our call for Christ. Look with me, if you will, here in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Woe to me! This is Isaiah speaking. I cried, I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. When God calls, we need to know the next step. Isaiah did. Isaiah shares this extraordinary experience of his call here in chapter 6 of what we know of as the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was given a vision of heaven, and what he sees is more than human words can describe. He sees the seraphs, the angelic beings there in the court of the Lord praising God. And the majesty of what he witnesses is so great that the very foundations shake and the room was filled with a holy smoke. And and Isaiah reacts like anyone would react in that situation. He reacts with fear. He says in verse 5, Woe to me! I'm ruined! I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah realizes he has no business being where he is. He doesn't deserve to be there. He is far less than anyone who would ever step into the presence of God. In just a moment, we're going to consider something very challenging. What we're calling next steps. Transforming our community for Christ. There are 21 ministry strategies outlined in six different ministry areas. Now, now hopefully as you came in, if you hadn't already gotten one of the folders about this, you picked one up outside, you can pick one up on your way out. If you still don't have one, you go to our website, click on the little fella holding a plant, says, uh, come grow with us, and, and you'll, you can read about those 21 different strategies. But 21 different ministry strategies in six different ministry areas. And as you read through them, they're enormously challenging. New small groups, who's going to teach those? A world impact expo for missions, who's going to put all that together? A community school task force, can we actually have any impact whatsoever on the campuses of our school? It goes on and on and on. Every one of those ministry tasks is beyond what we're able to do. The task is huge. And so we might be tempted to just walk away. Isaiah was. He stood there in the presence of God and he realized his insignificance. He realized his sinfulness. He realized all the reasons why he couldn't do what God had called him to do. He knew the task was far beyond his ability to complete. 
And then God steps in. The beautiful foreshadowing of what Jesus has done for us. God atones for Isaiah's sin. And in verses 6 and 7, he takes his sin away. And Isaiah is transformed. Verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Do you hear the change? Before, Isaiah was cowering over in the corner of heaven. He, he couldn't even absorb everything that he was seeing. He recognized his, his sinfulness was so great. The sinfulness of his people was so great. He didn't deserve to be there. He didn't deserve to have any part of it. And then God atones for his sin, takes all of his guilt, takes all of his shame. And suddenly Isaiah is changed. Before he was distressed and afraid. And now, God's mercy transforms him. Isaiah reacts to God's call with obedience. Now, actually, obedience is probably the wrong word here. We sometimes have unfortunately made a negative connotation of that word, obedience. It's something that we do because we have to or because we're, we're obligated to do it. But Isaiah was, was being obedient not out of some sense of obligation or out of some sense of duty. He was not reluctant. He was not holding back, wishing he could do something else. No, Isaiah is excited about doing what God wants him to do. He can't hold back from doing what God wants him to do. When God says, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah immediately responds, send me. Not, well, well, let me think about it for a while. I don't really know. This is some pretty hard stuff you're telling me to do, God. I don't know if I want to do that or not. No, not, Lord, surely there's someone more qualified than I am. Surely there's someone who has more talent than I do. Surely there's someone who has more resources than I have. God, surely there's someone who would be better for this. Not, uh, Lord, well, I'll do that as soon as I have a little extra time. I'll see if I can take care of that. No, immediately, without question, without reservation, Isaiah calls out, send me. Too often when God calls our response, is to hopes God will call somebody else. <laughs> what was it that changed for Isaiah? He realized the full extent of God's mercy. God's forgiveness changed everything for Isaiah. Isaiah wasn't serving God out of some sense of obligation. He wasn't serving God out of some misguided idea that he could work his way into heaven. In fact, his vision revealed the exact opposite, that there was no way that he could ever make himself worthy of stepping into God's presence. No, Isaiah was transformed when God forgave him of everything. In this extraordinary event, Isaiah was given a vision of the depth of his own sin and the expanse of God's mercy. And it changed him. He was ready to do anything God would have him to do. When we understand forgiveness like that, 
We will too. When we understand the call that God calls us out of His mercy, that God calls us out of His forgiveness, that He forgives our sins completely, then when God calls, we'll know how to answer. Here am I. Send me. That's the challenge today. Our ministry study team for over a year has gone through an extensive process, and and you've been a big part of that. They've studied the demographics of our community. They've had you participate in a church survey. You'll remember that from several months ago when you answered more than 100 questions. I think it was a lot of questions. You answered those questions about areas where you, you saw that our church could minister, and they took all of that information They studied it. They prayed over it. And then they brought in a leadership retreat. They invited some other leaders from around our church to come in and be a part of a a morning where they're in the fellowship hall. They they worked and studied and and looked over all the information to try to discern what God was was telling us. We had a church town hall meeting. You may remember that one Sunday night. We gathered in fellowship hall. We had tables set up for different areas of ministry. And many of you gathered around those tables and you talked about what God had laid on your heart for those different areas of ministry. They took all of that information and began to pray over it and ask God to lead in this process. And and that's where the next steps to transforming our community for Christ, that's where that came from. And our initial reaction as we look at at those 21 different ministry strategies may be, well, that's just too much. We can't do all that. We can't accomplish that. But I hope this morning, I pray this morning, that for one thing, you understand the enormity of God's forgiveness and grace. For we're gathered in the very presence of our Lord right here, right now, today. That's, that's the wonder of the church. And another thing we're talking about these next few weeks in some of our Sunday school classes, the ones that are on that particular study, we're going to be talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit what that means for us as believers, well, let me tell you folks, what that means is that God's right here, right now. We're in His presence. And God is calling. He's asking the same question. Who will I send? Who will go? I pray that this morning, as God calls, you will say, here am I. Send me. We're going to do something a little different to conclude our our service this morning, so I hope that doesn't throw any of you too far off. But some of it's very much the same. And just as we always do, I want to extend an invitation to you. You may have come this morning not realizing exactly what we were doing as a church, and that's great. We're glad you're here because God brought you here. You may have come this morning burdened with a question of whether God really does love you. Can God really forgive your sin? Can God really transform your life? You, you may have heard about Jesus. You may have heard about that he died on a cross and rose again, and you're not really sure what all that means, but you know there's, there's something that you need in your life today. And you came here this morning searching for that. We want to share with you what that is. 
And in just a moment, we're going to have a time when I'm going to invite you to come and and meet with me here, and I'll introduce you to some wonderful folks here in our church. They'll sit down with you, and they'll show you in the Scripture what it means to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. We don't want you to leave this place without knowing the Savior today. So, So if you came this morning not sure of what your relationship with Christ is, you don't have to leave unsure. <laughs> you can know this morning that you're right with God. You can know that He's forgiven you. You can know that He has cleansed you. You can know that you have eternal life, not because of anything that you've done, not because of anything that we have done, but because Jesus has done it all. And we want to share that with you this morning. So that, that's going to be the same. We're going to have an invitation. But I know some of the times when we have an invitation, we sing the invitation hymn and we, we kind of, you know, we pray and, and we're, we're, we're thrilled when people respond. But we're going to ask everybody to respond today. And that's the different part. We're going to ask you all to respond to what God's call is in your life this morning. But before we do that, we need to accomplish a little bit of church business. Now, for those of you that are visiting with us this morning, forgive me for doing this this way, but I couldn't figure out another way to do it, to have our church family all. This this 11 o'clock hour is the time when the most of us can gather and the most of us can be here, and we wanted the most of us to be here for this particular event. So we're going to call ourselves into what's called a special called business meeting. And that's just a fancy way of saying that, that we're, we're, we're seeking to follow God's leadership this morning. And the way that we do that in the Baptist church is we listen to God's leadership through his people. And so uh, that's the business that we're going to accomplish this morning. A couple of weeks ago, our ministry study team presented to you the next steps. Now, again, I hope you had that folder or, or have been able to pick that up this morning. Uh, it's also on a website. Hopefully you had a chance to go and glance at that. You can even hear the presentation that they made. If you weren't able to be here a couple of weeks ago Sunday night, you can actually hear their presentation if you're interested in doing that. Just go to our website, click on the guy holding the plant, and it'll take you to the uh, page right where that is. But with, for the last two weeks, we've asked you to pray. That God would lead us as a church to where he wants us to be. That God would place his calling on our church. That God would help us to hear what he's wanting us to do. We gathered here Wednesday night. Thank you to all of you who came and were part of that concert of prayer. As we gathered here in this place and we asked God to lead us, to guide us, to show us what he wants National Heights to do. And this morning we've come to that time of decision. that, That opportunity for us to give voice to where God has led us. And so this morning we've come to a time of voting on those next steps. And obviously a, a verbal vote is just a way to say, uh, yes, I do believe this is where God's, God's leading us. And, and, and if you don't believe this is where God's leading us, we want you to be able to say that as well. We just want to be where God wants us to be. We want National Heights to be right in the center of his will, doing exactly what he wants us to do. That's, that's, that's all this whole process has been all about. So the, the presentation has been made to you. And the recommendation is simply this, coming from the ministry study team, that National Heights adopt the next steps to transforming our community for Christ strategy. You've had opportunity to ask questions about that. We did that at our business meeting a couple of weeks ago as well, a couple of weeks ago Wednesday. And hopefully you've been able to ask any questions of that team that you wanted to over these past days because we want everybody to have an opportunity to do that. So now we're ready for the vote. And I am going to ask this morning that we do a voice vote. I know sometimes we do a ballot vote, and those are good. Those are, are, are necessary sometimes, and that's a, that's a good thing. But I think a voice vote's important in this, because we're just family this morning. You know, when you're gathered around the family table at home and you're trying to decide where you're going to go on vacation, you don't pass out a piece of paper and have everybody vote. You, you just kind of talk about it. You know, and everybody kind of puts in their two cents, and then you decide, and you go and you have a great time. Well, that's kind of what we're doing today. We're gathered around the Lord's table. 
And we're just asking, God, where are we going to go? And we've had a couple of weeks where we could discuss that, a couple of weeks where we could, could talk about that, and now we've come to a time for a vote. And so if you are in favor of adopting the next steps strategy, would you please let that be known by saying amen? Any opposed by like sign? And the motion carries. That's exciting, folks. That's a, that's a huge step. It is. Because this is challenging. They're, they're literally on, uh, in that strategy, there are things that we can't do. But God can. And He's the one that will get the glory. So that's the great thing. When, when you adopt a strategy that only God can do, when it happens, you have to say, well, God did it. <laughs> and that's what we're looking forward to is what God it's going to do. That vote was very significant that you did. That vote was very, very important. It was, it was literally historic. A wonderful step forward for National Heights. This has been a church with a great heritage of ministry, a great heritage of mission, a great heritage of, of witness. And you voted to continue that, to make sure that we keep doing that. And that's a blessing. We're building on that wonderful foundation of ministry that has been in this church for so many years. I believe that the significance of what you've just done will be revealed in the next years to come. And your approval of that strategy is huge. But what I'm about to ask you to do is even bigger than that. <laughs> because the vote's important. That's significant. Like I said, that's kind of part of the, and we finished the business stuff, so we're all finished with, with that. And that's significant that we as a family agree, okay, this is what God's called us to do. This is where we're going to go. But now we're at a point that God's saying, who will go for me? He's calling out, whom will I send? Well, here's your here am I moment. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. And guys, there's some surveys right down here in the front pew. If you will take those and distribute them around to the congregation, what they're bringing to you for each one of the ministry strategies, we identified some specific steps that you can take, some, some actual things that you can do to accomplish those strategies and the power of the Lord. Now, obviously, each one of you individually can't do all 21. We're, we're not expecting you to do that. But I can't help but believe that over these last two weeks, as we've been praying through this, that God's been, been laying some things on your heart. That, that as you look through those, those ministry strategies, you saw one that just kind of stuck out to you. And I, I can't tell you which one that is, because that's between you and the Lord. But, but you saw that, that, that strategy about reaching single parents. And, and that just, that's just been stuck in your mind for the last two weeks. You've been thinking, well, you know, that's something I think our church should have always been doing. We've got a huge community of single parents in, in, in this community where our church is planted. We ought to be doing some things to, to reach out to them. We ought to be doing that. You've just been thinking about that. You know what that thinking about that is? That's God's calling. Whom shall I send? You may have saw that starting new small groups, and you, and you may be thinking, well, you know, I, I don't really know if I could do that. I'm not really sure if I'm qualified, but, yeah, that's something I thought we have always ought to be doing. I think we always ought to have some new groups for new people, and, and that's a good thing. And, 
God's just kept putting that on your heart. You know what that is? That's God saying, whom shall I send? You saw that community school task force and you said, wow, that would be so exciting if we could have some impact on our school campuses, if there's some ways that we could open some doors there and, and be able to, to, to make a, a ministry touch and be able to reach out to our teachers and, and students. That would be so exciting. That would be such a blessing. And God's just been, been keeping... That's God saying, whom shall I send? And this morning you've got an opportunity to say, here, my Lord, send me. Now what we're asking you to do... On that survey that you just received, like I said, there's 21 strategies. Well, there's 21 things that you can do. And obviously there's more things that will have to happen. We understand that. And we're not asking you to to sign in blood this morning. That's not the idea. We're not asking you to make a a commitment. We know you need to think about this and pray about this. And, and, uh, you know, you may actually find out there's several of these ministry strategies that you want to do. And you're just praying about that. We realize all that. We're not asking you to uh, make a a commitment of the rest of your life. What we're asking is just that you're saying, you know, I'm interested in finding out more about serving in this area. And again, it could just be one of those areas that's just been sticking out in your mind. that You've been saying, yeah, I, that's something I, I really have been praying about our church doing. That's something I'm excited about our church doing. I want to find out more about how I can serve there. All we're asking you to do is put your name and phone number so we can contact you. And then just check the box. You can check more than one if you like. Of those areas that God's laying on your heart, where as we've gone through this process, you felt, yeah, this is something National Heights needs to be doing. Well, guess what? You're National Heights. (laughs) You're who God is calling. And there's something on this list that everybody can do. Everybody can pray. There's one list, one of the things on this list is just praying about the ministries of National Heights. Boy, we need your prayers here, and everybody can pray. There's several things on here that that everybody can do. There's some things that you will need specific talents and and desires, and and, different things are going to excite different people. So there's some things that may not quite float your boat, but there's others that do. God knows all of that, but he's brought you all here into our family so we could do all of these things. So take just a moment and just look through there and see if there's something on that list that you feel God leading you to do. Want something on that list where you can say, Here, my Lord, send me. And as we're filling those out, as I mentioned a moment ago, the altar is open. I'll be here. If you're here this morning and you need to receive Christ, if you're here this morning and you're wondering how to be a part of this fellowship, I'll be glad to introduce you to some folks who will be glad to Sit down with you and share with you how you can know the love of the Savior, how you can be a part of what God's doing here at this wonderful congregation. You feel free to come. As the music plays, look at those surveys, and if you need to come, you come.